Welcome to this Daring Adventure podcast, where we work on bridging the gap between where we are and where we want to be in order to live a bigger and bolder life. In this podcast, we will provide inspiration, tips, and skills you need to make your life the adventure you want it to be. Here's your host, mindset mentor and life coach, Trista Gurton. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of This Daring Adventure. Thank you for joining me today. I have a very special guest. I have Corinne Crabtree with me here. She is a master certified weight loss and life coach. She is the founder and CEO of the No BS Women's Weight Loss Program, as well as the No BS Businesswoman's Membership as well. And I know Corinne from the Life Coach School. I have watched her work for the past few years and been inspired. And I have also worked with her in the Master Coach Certification. She's an instructor in that program as well. And I'm also a member of the No BS Business Women's Program. So I know she is the real deal. The work that she does is amazing. I'm very excited to share and introduce you to her work here. And welcome, Corinne. Thank you very much for your time today. Yeah, I'm so glad to be here. You make me sound amazing. You are amazing. (laughs) (laughs) Really? No, I mean, my life coach journey has been influenced by several coaches and mentors, and you rank up there with the best of them. So I really appreciate the work that you've done. And your work is very inspiring. It's very authentic. And you're very generous with sharing what you've learned and helping women to thrive and to grow emotionally, physically, financially. So I appreciate the work that you do. Well, I appreciate that. I do love sharing it. It's one of those things where I don't even know how it really happened, but it was, I've always just felt this need that once I solved a problem that I think they have suffered with for a long time. It's Mm -hmm. like, I literally have this incredible urge to get out there and be like, now let me teach you how to, Mm -hmm. no one should have to suffer like I did. Right. Yeah. And your story is incredible. You lost a hundred pounds 15 years ago. Maybe tell us a little bit about your story and what brought you here to life coaching today. I had always been really broke and really overweight all my life. When we were little, my mom was 17 when she had me. She was 19 when she had my brother. Then she was divorced by 21. She went to a small high school in a very small town in Northern Alabama. So she didn't have much education, literally wasn't even allowed to graduate. This is back in 74. Once she started showing, she couldn't go to school anymore. And so she missed most of her senior year, but they did graduate her. That was very generous of them. We never had a lot of food. So when we did eat, we grew up in fast food restaurants because it was cheap and that was all we could afford. And then we ate at buffets because it was cheap and we could really overeat because we didn't always know if we were going to eat the next day. Literally, my mom was working minimum wage jobs and paycheck to paycheck kind of living. So by the time I was in my early 30s, I had a little boy and Every point in my life, I'd weighed somewhere between 175 pounds and 250 plus pounds. 
175 was as small as I ever could get. And that was extreme dieting and misery. And then I'd go right back up the scale. When my son was little, he's one. I was at the top end again. The weight was not coming off. And I was literally miserable and depressed. And I just decided I needed to figure out a way to lose my weight. I just knew I couldn't keep living like I was. And it was the Mm -hmm. first time, though, that I had ever thought about my weight loss as I'm going to figure this out and I'm not going to do a traditional diet. They've always failed me. I am literally going to make some small changes and I'm just going to figure out how to feel better every single day. Mm-hmm. And I did ended up losing a hundred pounds. And that's when I decided to start a business. I was like, I want to help other women do this. So many of us just don't get an opportunity. I think for me, like when I was losing my weight, it was so much of an internal evolution for me. I learned how to talk better to myself. I learned Mm -hmm. how to treat myself better. And I had never lost weight that way. And so when this weight came off, number one, I felt like I was never going back. I had created a lifestyle that I loved. And number two, I realized the relationship with me had significantly changed. I was now my biggest supporter, not my Mm -hmm. biggest enemy. There were just so many things. And I wanted women to have that. It wasn't even so much I wanted them to lose weight. I wanted them to lose weight by learning how to love themselves and learning how to treat themselves exquisitely because that was such a difference maker for me. Mm. One of the things I love that you talk about is your old current thinking and your new current thinking. That's very powerful. Yeah. So when I was losing weight, I think one of the things... You know, I talk about how my relationship changed is, and it's such a simple hack that anybody can do. But I remember one day I was on the scale and I had not lost weight for six weeks. The first couple of weeks, it didn't phase me. I was just like, we're going to keep going. This is normal. And I was literally living differently than I'd ever lived before. I had gotten where I was routinely exercising. I was thinking about the things I ate. I was actually eating fruit for the first time in my life. Really, I just was like, oh my gosh, I'm so healthy. Do you know I eat fruit? (laughs) It was just (laughs) this amazing thing. And I mean, week six, when that scale didn't move and I was a whole different person, I got mad. I remember my brain just freaking out and saying, we're not going to lose weight. We might as well be eating. Where, 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 why am I working so hard? And I remember thinking in that moment, no, old Corinne gives up whenever things don't go her way. Mm-hmm. New Corinne knows that even if I don't lose any more weight, I am doing better than I ever have in my life. I am not giving this up. I don't care what happens. It was hard because as women were conditioned to lose weight, like the scale is the giver and the taker, you know, but Mm -hmm. I was like, no, new Corinne can't afford to think this way anymore. And so I practice that so much and I still do it to this day. Anytime I hear myself whining about something where I'm like, look, that's kind of old Corinne thinking like new Corinne thinking is this, you know, I say this because I don't care if you've lost your weight, if you've built a business, whatever's going on, you're always going to have old you, old you just as I am here for the long haul, honey. Mm -hmm. I'm never going away. You just get better at catching it and then pivoting to, yeah, but here's what we are going to think. This is the new us. This is the direction we're headed in. Right. And so then what do you think the power is of coaching in this process for you? What's it been for you and your life? So 
When I was building my business, I wasn't certified as a life coach. When I lost my weight, I went and got a personal trainer certificate mm-hmm. because that made sense. You either need to go to college and become a nutritionist or you were a personal trainer. And that was really when I first got started, the only two avenues that people were doing for weight loss. So I went and got ACE certified. I still remember going to like an office depot and having to take the test at office depot because they didn't even let you do it at home at that point. And so about, I guess I'd been helping people for, see, that was 2007. In 2015, I started listening to the Life Coach School podcast. And for all those years that I was trying to help people, I was always talking to them. Like Mm -hmm. my strong suit with my clients was I tried to give them exercise plans and we tried meal plans, but they always said the thing that made the difference was that every day I was in our forums talking to them and talking to them about how normal it was that I know you overate, you can't afford to beat yourself up over this. We're going to keep going. Like I was a constant cheerleader and I was coaching before I knew it. I knew I was coaching. When I heard her podcast, I was like, holy crap. This is everything that I did to lose weight. She's got a system. I want to get certified. And so I did. And I came back and I revolutionized my business. I threw out exercise plans. I never gave another meal plan away ever again. And I started teaching people the simple things that I did to lose weight. And I traced back every single mindset thing. And that's when I started. This is what we're going to do in weight loss. And this is what's going to make us different. And that is when my business started to grow. Okay. Okay. Interesting. Yeah, I found the Life Coach School through the podcast as well. And that's actually what's inspired me. Listening to your podcast and all the other podcasts has just been so instrumental in, in my evolution as well. Okay. One of the things I talk about with my clients is the idea that if they feel they're meant for more, it's because they are. So I just wanted to get sort of a sense from you. If women think they might be meant for more, but they're not sure and they're not sure about how to go about it. You know, was there a moment in your life where you had that moment where you knew you were meant for more and started acting on it? Yeah, I would say probably one of the biggest ones was when I had built my business up to making about $400,000 a year on my own. And I really wanted my husband to work with me. And I knew that I could grow the business, but I had this just inkling inside me that this business could be so much bigger than what I'd always thought it could be. And I looked at my husband. It was Memorial Day weekend. We were sitting in Vegas at our favorite pool. And I looked at him and said, how much money does my business need to make in order for you to leave and come work for me? And at the time... He had a corporate job making over $200,000 a year. He was the stability. He was the low risk, you know, like that's where insurance was. And so we never really indulged in the idea that he'd ever leave that until when I started making some money. And I started thinking, I think this business could grow faster if we had the power of both of our brains. Because I really mean it when I say my husband is so smart. He is an IT person. And I have an online tech business. I like, you know, everything that you do in a membership is technical, technical, technical. There's integrations and all these things. And I thought, God, my husband could just work with us full time. We could do so much more. And that year I made $2 million. He said it will take $2 million. That'll be enough to pay us, keep us in our lifestyle. You know, by the time we pay for the business expenses and stuff. 
And that next year I did it because I listened to that voice in me. Right. Like I, I had no reason to think I could go from 400 to 2 million other than listening to my gut. And when you were right. talking about it, I was sitting there thinking so many women dismiss their intuition and their gut. And I think that that's a superpower of women. I just think that we are blessed with so much intuition, so much gut instinct. Our problem is, is we let our doubts and fears extinguish it. And I just tell people all the time, if something is gnawing at you and whispering at you, start asking yourself, why not? Just start asking the good questions about what's the worst that could happen if I went after it. I always start with the negative. A lot of people like start with the positive. I like to understand exactly why I'm so hesitant. Mm-hmm. I like to ask myself, what am I most afraid of? Mm-hmm. And then I start questioning all of that. And that's when I start thinking about what's not true about this. What else is possible about this? I always like to challenge my doubts and fears. You know, some people like to start with the good stuff. And I'm like, no, I'm the kind of person who's like, let's get in there. Yeah. Let's uncover the crap. Yeah. And then let's challenge the crap. <laughs> yeah. No, I think that's very powerful advice. Yeah. And it makes sense. What are some of the best investments you've made in yourself over the years? Oh, gosh. I would say one, just like taking the plunge to go to life go to school. It was so expensive. I had never spent that kind of money on myself. Mm-hmm. And I had so much fear and anxiety. But I remember telling my husband, if you'll let me go. And I say that in quotes because my husband has never been one to say like, I'm the holder of the cash bag and you know, I'm just going to dole it out to you. I think I always had for a long time because I didn't make as much money as him. I think I had a lot of drama around it. So that mm-hmm. investment, I remember telling him, if you let me go, if I do this, I promise to figure out how to 10X my investment. And I did. And that was probably the first big one. And then the second big one was buying some courses online. Like I remember when I came back from the life coach school, you know, we learned how to be coaches and stuff. And I wanted to overhaul everything I was teaching my clients, but I didn't know how to write a course, not an online one. And so back in the day, I bought Amy Porterfield's course. It was like $2,000. And I was like, oh my God, here I am going to spend money. you know. And I remember saying, look, if you buy it, do everything she says. Don't doubt any of it. Even if you doubt it, that doesn't mean you don't do it. You can doubt it, but you're still going to do it. And I did everything she told me. Those were two big things for me. It was investing in me. It's not even so much when people ask, what did you do and stuff? It's like, It was the first time that I invested in Corinne. I was going to believe in her and her ability to learn and her ability to keep going when she failed. And for me, that was the biggest investment. It's almost like my emotional collateral. I was just like putting it all on the line. Yeah. Yeah. No, I love that. For me as well, you know, I went to university and sort of made that initial investment it just felt like par for the course. Like, you know, it wasn't a lot of thought. It wasn't like, I don't know. And then a couple of years ago, I made that investment as well for the Life Coach School certification. Even just joining scholars, get coached, like doing that for the first time and signing up for that. And then a couple of years later, signing up for certification. It was huge for me. And 
I felt it was the first time that, yes, I had made a significant investment in myself. And I had no idea what I was going to do with it. At that point, I didn't know if I was going to actually become a coach. I thought maybe 10 years down the road, but it just had such an impact on me. I decided immediately, like, I think as soon as we started, within a couple of weeks, I was like, I have to do this. I have to start my own business. Yeah. It's so powerful. So what do your investments look like today now that you've come the code well, businesswoman. very similar. Yeah. So I have a coach of my own and I've worked with her now for four years. And for me, that is probably, I talk to my husband about this all the time too, because she's not cheap. Like <laughs> she's one of the best coaches out there yeah. and she's a no brainer expense now, but that first couple years, every single time I was just almost, it would take my breath away to pay. My husband, actually, he was the wise one in this one. He just said, we've never spent money on you that didn't pay off. Why would you think that this wouldn't either? Please Mm -hmm. stop doubting that. Give yourself the gift of knowing that money that we spend on you and your brain comes back to us. He always says, you're just a good investment. I mean, you've never proven that you weren't. (laughs) So I'm like, okay. I would say these days, I still take courses. It would be shocking to... The majority of the newer coaches out there, I take the same kind of courses y'all take all the time. I am always trying to learn more about funnels and, you know, (laughs) more about copy. And and I take a lot of the beginner type courses because I always feel like for some reason, there's this weirdness that happens when you start getting successful. You think you need bigger tricks and antics. Mm. Like my weight loss clients do this a lot. They'll lose 50 pounds or they'll lose 70 pounds and they'll suddenly convince themselves that I don't need the beginner stuff. What I really need is some advanced level crap. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. not unless your beginner stuff is on tab. I'm like, usually the problem is you're trying to overcomplicate it so much that you can't succeed anymore. If you think about what happens in when you're a beginner, the reason why you succeed in the beginning is because things are very basic. They're foundational and they're not that complicated. So just scale that up. Mm-hmm. Don't try to add in complexity. So I take a lot of classes that I swear to God, I am sitting on an online class next to someone who's like, what is Corinne doing here? And I'm like, learning just like you. <laughs> and then I do a lot of books. So I can't underestimate, especially for beginner coaches or people who are newer in their business. Oh my gosh, if you don't have the capital to make a bigger investment in yourself, Mm. start with books and start with podcasts. I listen to a minimum of 15 to 20 podcasts a week. I go through about a book and audible every single week. I listen to everything at two times speed. (laughs) So I get through a lot of stuff, Okay, okay. but I listen to things all the time and it's constantly educating and sharpening my skills. So much stuff out there is free now Mm. or so low cost. You do not have to buy super expensive programs to get where you want to go. So I just tell people all the time, just start with the investment in the Mm -hmm. things that you can afford right now and start there and then scale up if you need to. Yeah. Are there certain books, podcasts, apps that you would recommend to people? Well, let me look it up. I do have (laughs) a few books. Let me go to my Audible account. 
And I will tell you, well, the big leap, which I think everybody and their mother has read at some point, but I can't believe that there are still people that haven't. I am now listening to it for like the fourth time. So I love that book. Entrepreneurial Roller Coaster was really good. I thought it was really good for beginners. Okay. The One Page Marketing Plan is another great book. I just listened to it twice recently. I can't believe I hadn't heard it. Like sometimes I'm just shocked that there will be books out there that Everybody's like, oh no, we've all listened to it. I'm like, what? (laughs) So I found this one not too long ago. If you already have a business and you have a team, the people part, I think was a really good book for people who were getting into hiring and building out team and support. I really Mm -hmm. liked that one. Mm -hmm. I listen to Rick Mulready's podcast all the time. I Mm -hmm. listen to Amy Porterfield's podcast all the Mm -hmm. time. The Smart Marketer podcast. I listen to a lot of podcasts on business. And most of them, like people sometimes are like, don't you listen to a lot of life coaching stuff? It's like, I really don't. I read a lot of books that have a lot to do with mindset, but podcasts primarily stick to the business side of things. Okay. Okay. Interesting. All right. Thank you. So in terms of mental and emotional health, what does that mean to you? And how do you take care of yourself? So I think they're two separate things. So I think there's your mental health. To me, mental health is the cleansing of your brain. It's the journaling. It is the writing. It is the examining how you're thinking. It's the planning how you want to think. It's all that stuff. Emotional health is your ability to just take care of yourself when your emotions need you and your brain can't help. (laughs) You know, it's like, I didn't appreciate For a long time, I tried to outthink all of my emotions. So when we first become a coach, when you learn the power of the model and like, what? I can just change my thought, then I'm going to feel better. And I can just examine all that. Mm. We kind of get hooked into thinking that everything is like, we're just one sentence away. We're just one sentence away. There's some areas of life where we're not one sentence away. We actually need to be with ourselves. We actually need to feel our feelings. We actually need to create safety for our emotions and stuff. So for me, I'm just getting a little bit into meditation. I'm not going to sit here and profess to be a big one, but doing that, I'm doing more deep breathing. I'm catching myself during the day when I can get really just amped up in my work Mm -hmm. and stop at the end of the day and be breathless. My husband will say like, you must've been really getting after it. Cause I'll come upstairs and I'll sit there And I'll just be breathing fast Mm. and I'm not doing anything other than trying to have a conversation. And he's like, you must have really amped up your adrenaline and stuff today. And so I'll practice some deep breathing. Right. But I think taking care of your emotions is very different than taking care of your mind. Mm. I like to separate. They play together very well, but I like to separate them out. There are just going to be times that Corinne needs to feel and cry or breathe or do something to get her nervous system in check. And then there's times when I'm writing, I'm planning, I'm challenging my limiting beliefs. I'm doing those kinds of things. And that's more of my mental health side of things. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. No. And I love that about the feelings. I think that's really important. I completed Bevarin's deep dive coaching certification. So I love the oh, work. Gosh, I'm in it right now. Oh, are you? Okay, good. Good. Yes. Yeah, that well, that's my year. coach. Yeah. Okay. And of course, she convinced me to do deep dive after good. four years of inner child work and crying every week and all this <laughs> other stuff. She's like, have you ever thought about doing the deep dive program? And I was like, maybe. 
Because I'm just so in your face and everything. And I was like, you really think I would be a deep dive coach? She's like, you'd be perfect. <laughs> it's like, all right, I'm in. So I'm going through certification right now. That's so oh, funny. Amazing. Good. Yeah. No, but certainly like one of the pillars of my work is the emotions work. Like I like this is one of the most important skills that we can learn to allow and process our feelings and, you know, to get through them and everything we want is truly on the other side. And actually my next podcast episode is feel your feelings. Definitely. That's some of the most important work I do with, with my clients and the meditation is really important. I use the Headspace app. I don't know if you've tried it. My husband actually uses it, which is so funny because my husband and I are just polar opposite. He's a big analytical and stuff, but other day he told me, he was like, he was saying something. And he said something about meditating. I said, you meditate? <laughs> this was like a few months ago. And he was, okay. he was like, yeah, almost every day. Wow. I said, where and when? He's like, in my office. I take a break. Yeah. <laughs> it's just yeah. like, you could have blown me over with a feather. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I find I use a lot of the Peloton meditations. I'm a big Peloton girl. Okay. Love Peloton. But they have some really good meditations in there. And they have like yoga classes. I did one of their little yoga classes this morning. They even have really good stretching routines that have some mellow music. And that's another thing that that I've been doing also for my emotional health. Like just breathing Mm -hmm. and stretching Mm -hmm. is it releases all that tension. I think I keep a lot of it bound up. I just tend to be very high energy when I'm on, I'm on like a firecracker. Mm -hmm. And I mean, when I'm done, I am like the Looney Tunes little frog that lived in a box. I'm like, (laughs) I just go from one to the other in a heartbeat. Yeah. Yeah. And have you done any tapping at all? Have you tried the EFT? No, I've not done tapping. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I've been trying that. Coaches do it though. Yeah. I really like that too. Like I find that's a very good release to release a lot of the emotions and to calm the nervous system. And I've experienced like, especially too challenging some of the beliefs that I've had and working through some of that. I don't know. I can't tell you exactly how it all works. I'm trying to get my instructor to come on the podcast as well to explain it more in depth, but it's very effective. I'm really impressed. It's, It's worth trying if you have an opportunity. Oh, that's cool. So what about setting goals? Like how important are setting goals for you? And do you have any goals right now that you're pursuing? Yeah, I do. Actually, I think goal setting is really important. Mm. I think it's scary for a lot of people. So they shy away from goal setting. Mm. But I think our brain always needs to know what we aspire to be because our brain is always thinking about creating us anyway. And if it's going to work on creating me, I want it to go create me in a very particular way, (laughs) not just any old way that it wants to. Mm -hmm. So my big goal right now in our business is 21 million for this year. It was right around 13.5 last year. So it's pretty aggressive, but that's 21 million with a 40% profit. So that's kind of our big goal for 2023. Personally, I have a couple of goals. One is I have a book that I'm self-publishing and I'm putting into a funnel. I just finished it a few weeks. I've been wanting to write this book forever. And I just got really serious about it and just was like, all right, we're going to quit clowning around. And I scheduled time every day for two hours, first thing in the morning to work on it. Got it done. My marketing team now has it. And then the other one is 
I want to run a 5K in under 35 minutes. I am learning to be a faster runner. Let's put it that way. Okay. But I'm not like really naturally built for running. And I didn't start running until late in life. So this has been hard. This has been one of the most challenging things. And I've been trying to do it for almost a year now. And okay. I'm not even close yet, like not even close, but I'm enjoying the process. I really set it up to do it in a way that I would enjoy doing it. So that's kind of like one of my personal ones. I like having a physical goal mm-hmm. for myself. I've had them for years. Ever since I started losing weight, I've had them. And so this is the one. And I'm like so determined. That's one of the reasons why I've added a lot of stretching in. Okay. So yeah. My best friend is a, um, she's like a world-class triathlete in the Ironman. And she said, you'll get faster if you'll start stretching. <laughs> I was like, sold. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, good luck with that. That's an impressive time to get there. It is for me because my very first 5K, when I first started losing weight, I did it in 54 minutes. And so just like going to 35 is like Cheetahville to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it would be Cheetahville for me too. So good. All right. So what have you learned about yourself recently? Gosh, probably that I'm not done with my money issues yet. Mm. We just built a new house mm-hmm. and it does not matter how much money you make. If you have money trauma in your past, it likes to come up mm. and ruin the party. Okay. <laughs> it's been trying to do that with me lately. I think I've discovered a couple things. I'm still not over worrying that there will never be enough, that I grew up where there really wasn't enough money mm-hmm. and we would get evicted and we would get Built like I remember my mom when I was a kid having me answer the phone because bill collectors were always calling and they were mean to her. They mm. would be mean to a kid. Mm. And so she'd have me answer the phone. And all of that fear is very real and it just comes back up. It's almost like the more money you have, the more fear you have like of losing it. The other thing that's been interesting that I've learned about myself recently is that I have money shame. You know, there's something about talking about it that sometimes creates this, you shouldn't talk about your money, almost like it's bad, what mm-hmm. are people going to think? And I've been really looking into all of that. I tend to be the kind of person that notices the negative a lot, but in a very, I would call it positive and productive way. For mm-hmm. me, I have had so much growth in my life by looking at the parts that most people find are scary. And for me, I like to look at those parts and be like, this is the next step in becoming who you want to be. And so I like have such a good relationship with it that a lot of times what I'm learning is more about things that I want to solve for the next version of me. Have you always been like that? Or is that something you cultivated in yourself? I think I've cultivated it through my weight loss journey. I will say I've always been one to push myself. Like when I was in high school, I didn't know how to play an instrument, but I was in band. So the first year I'd play cymbals, I spent an entire year learning how to play the flute. And by my junior year, I was first chair. (laughs) Just, you know, like I've always been one to not back down from a challenge. I spent a lot of my life pushing myself in a very negative way. And I don't do that anymore. I've always been super self-aware. I've always been able to push myself, but I haven't always been able to do it 
in a way that doesn't erode the relationship with myself. I think that's why I suffered with my weight for so long is mm-hmm. that I was always trying to overcompensate the best at my job, you know, like do these things, but at my own expense. And there was only one area where I could ever kind of check out from that pressure. And that was with food. Mm-hmm. And I think once I solved that, I started realizing there's such a better way to succeed in life. I don't have to scare myself into it or beat myself into it. I really learned through losing weight that you could talk nice to yourself. You could do some new Corinne thinking. There's a whole different way to do it and it's better and more effective. Hmm. Okay. So what's one thing that you are deeply grateful for these days? My husband. It's always my husband. So just like a good little girl, I plan every single day. (laughs) Like I tell all my clients, I do a food Mm -hmm. plan. I use the same planner my clients do. And I plan my work day. And I have two different planners that my clients get. If you're weight loss, you get the weight loss planner. If you're business, you get the business planner because Corinne loves a good plan. And my weight loss planner asks every day, what is one thing you're grateful for? And I would Mm -hmm. say nine times out of 10, it's always my husband. I love him. I adore him. He's my best friend. He's Mm. the most fun person I ever hang out with. He's the first person I want to talk to, the last person I want to talk to. So I think that's probably what I'm most grateful for. The second most grateful thing I probably am for is my new house. This was like birthing a baby. (laughs) (laughs) We have been trying to build this house since October of 2021. And we finally moved Uh in in February of 2023. So like... so just. You know, time yeah. kept on ticking and we finally yeah. got in. So, well, it probably was complicated with COVID too. No, did you run into issues? No, the COVID no? didn't really slow it down. It was oh, just okay. more of we bought this lot at the height of everybody buying houses. So we had to wait in line to even get ground broke on it. Mm. And then just all kinds of things. And then we did have some supply chain issues. It was late fall of last year, as we were getting to the insides of the house, like you couldn't get windows and then you couldn't get this. Like we're still waiting on things. We finally just had to move in, but we are still waiting on about 30% of things. So I was like, look, if we don't have a panel on the refrigerator, as long as that door opens, I'm good. (laughs) we, We moved in with a lot of things are on hold and waiting. I keep saying You know, maybe by next year, this house will be finished, but you know. (laughs) All right. So any final words of wisdom, advice for women who are feeling maybe that they're meant for more, maybe that it's too late for them to start something new. I've spoken to a lot of women who are interested in starting their own business. Women who, you know, are our age, like just about to turn 50 up up to mid 50s and they think it's too late. It is not too late. We are in, I think it's hard for us at our age because we remember pre-internet. Like, you know, I think we still have, I was just telling somebody the other day about, you know, when I first started, I would have to go to forums. Nobody even goes to forums anymore. Like I had to research, what is PayPal? I had no idea that you could pay for things online when I started, you know, it was just so new. And I think that kind of gets in our way is that we don't realize how we are in an age that being able to start a business, especially if you want to start an online business, Mm -hmm. is so doable. And especially Mm -hmm. if you want to, like, I always like to encourage people, let's think about zero to 300K. 300K 
is a nice living for someone because you have enough revenue coming in to where when you pay your taxes and you pay your business expenses, you have a nice living. You probably can walk away from a job and things like that. It's not that hard to make that money in this world. As long as you, if you study it and you're open to it and you're not shutting yourself down. So I think what I would just tell people is if your gut is calling you, this is what I've always noticed. Whenever my gut and intuition starts whispering to me, it's not going to stop. I just need to start listening Mm -hmm. and I need to start acting on it because I don't care how many doubts and insecurities you have. That whisper, if it's there, it just won't stop and it'll annoy you and it'll frustrate you and all the things. So you might as well listen to it because it's like your mom (laughs) is going to nag all the time. Get in there, start that business. You're meant for more. Yeah. I know. No, just listening to that. Yeah. I know a lot of the women that I've spoken to, they've had this dream, this idea for years, but just have never, never pulled the trigger. So, yeah. Any advice they should ignore? Oh, gosh. I will say there is a lot of bum advice out there on building Mm -hmm. businesses. We're at a very good time in history to where if you want these dreams, you can make them happen. But Mm -hmm. don't let anybody convince you that it's going to be easy. It's not going to be easy. You are going to have to learn things. And whenever we're learning things, what makes learning things hard is when we talk down to ourselves. Say like, I should have done this years ago when I had a younger brain or old people like me can't understand this newfangled technology. When we talk to ourselves like a butt, Through the learning process, it's a lot harder, but it's not going to be easy because you do have to learn a lot of things. Things won't work in the beginning. Don't let anybody sell you on this idea that they're going to be able to give you some system and it's a guaranteed winner. Mm -hmm. No system is a guaranteed winner. Like I have a business membership. You were in it, right? I remember. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, you know, we give y'all frameworks and we give you the house on how to do the things. But I always tell everybody, these frameworks, they do work, but they work when you let them run for a long time. They Mm -hmm. work when you're learning how to refine them, when you're crafting them into your own voice. They work when you work them. Like, Don't let anybody sell you on the idea that they're going to give you a plug and play and then all your problems are solved. Mm -hmm. That I would stay away from every one of those things. And the internet is riddled. But that's one of the reasons why I was saying, educate yourself, start with those podcasts, start with books and stuff. I always feel like specifically with books, Mm -hmm. they're not selling you as hard. Some are, but the vast majority of them you can learn. And especially the ones that I called out, if you're wanting to become an entrepreneur, those are books that I would say they're not selling you on crap. They actually are giving you good basics, good frameworks. So just watch out for anybody making something sound too good to be true, because if it feels like it's too good to be true, it probably is. Mm. Okay. Any last words, anything else before we close out? Just don't let your doubts stop you. I tell people all the time that when it comes to weight loss and business, every single person that got started did not believe on day one that they were going to be able to do it. They didn't think that they were the one. And so you have that common with every success story. People literally don't believe in themselves. So don't 
use that as a reason to not start. Just know that that part's normal. And I have found that that's been so freeing for so many of my clients to be like, Mm -hmm. oh, just because I'm scared and doubting doesn't mean I can't do it. It means I'm like every other person who was a success. I remember my first day of trying to lose weight. Grin didn't wake up one day and be like, today's the day. I'm going to be thin for the rest of my life. It was not that way. It was like crying and telling myself, I don't think I can. And saying like, look, we're going to figure it out. Just take a deep breath and don't eat a hamburger over it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's the best we got today. Fantastic. All right. Well, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. I really enjoyed our conversation. I'm sure it's been very helpful to all of the listeners. I'm going to make sure that all of your contact information, they can find you, your weight loss program, the No BS Businesswoman membership, and your podcast. So make sure that everybody can find you and continue learning and inspiring as we go. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in today. It's been a real honor and privilege for me to have Corinne on as a guest. I do highly recommend, if you're interested, to check out her weight loss program or her businesswoman's membership. She is very knowledgeable and gracious and sharing everything she's learned through her weight loss journey and the amazing business that she's built over the past several years. If you have a moment to rate, to review, share, and subscribe to this podcast, I would truly appreciate it. If you're interested in trying coaching for yourself, I will put the link to my calendar in the show notes. Schedule a private one-hour coaching session with me. Let's get you a little bit of clarity. Let's find out where you're at and what you want to create for yourself. This is a great investment in yourself and your life and your future. So don't spend any more time feeling stuck. I'll talk to you in a couple of weeks. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to this Daring Adventure podcast with your host, Trista Gurton. We hope you enjoyed the tips and conversations on how to get excited about life again. As always, you can head to tristagurton.com for additional resources and to book a one-on-one coaching session. You can also follow Trista on Instagram at Trista B. Gurton. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review us on Apple Podcasts. Thanks again for tuning in, and we'll see you next time.